0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of AYM. I'm going to be honest, I kind of have absolutely no idea what I'm actually doing. kind of just making it up as I go along, so this is not going to be very good, but keep that in mind. This episode I'm talking to, well, me and Ellis are talking to the former deputy leader of the Breakthrough Party, Oscar. Breakthrough was amongst the parties established following the demise of Corbyn's Labour in 2019. In the episode, we talk about the state of the left in the UK, Breakthrough's founding, and what Oscar sees as its inevitable demise. I'm currently living in Latvia at the moment, so the internet connection, they told me it'd be good, but it really isn't, as you can, you'll be able to tell in a minute. Um, the microphone quality isn't as good as I'd like it to be, but I'm working on it.
1: It's no secret that left-wing mainstream politics in the UK, particularly the ideology and doctrine headed up by the Parliamentary Labour Party, has been killed by the powers that be. This much is obvious from the disappointing but not surprising revelations after the release of the Ford Report detailing the Labour's right treachery against the grassroots fervour of the Corbyn project, also explored in Corbyn's Summertime Declassified interview, wherein he detailed collaboration of such forces with state apparatus, including the security services and mainstream media, liberal publications against him. The annihilation of such projects has been a massive setback for the left in Britain, but there is no shortage of discontent and mobilisation since. With there having been rail strikes led by Aslef and the RMT since the summer, the recent UCU strikes this fortnight, and with nurses and other services about to go on strike. To this industrial action, with the breakout of movements such as Insulate Britain, Don't Pay UK, enough and Just Stop Oil, or newfound revel- uh, relevance for movements such as Extinction Rebellion. Though there have been concerns about the efficacy of some of these movements and how aligned they are with the feelings of the general public amidst the cost of living crisis, as well as questions raised about their allegiances given the track record and history of certain figures within these movements.
0: Okay, these new political movements rising has been a long-term process. Following the death of the Corbyn Project, numerous partisan projects sprang up in its wake. One such group was the Breakthrough Party, a party that positioned itself mostly as a form of continuity, a sort of 2017 Labour tribute band. Talking to us right now, Deputy leader, former deputy leader of Breakthrough Party, Oscar. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Um, Appreciate it, both. I hope you're both well as well. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, as I believe,
0: oh, go on then. I
1: was just going to say, as I believe, like, Liam, you used to be a member of uh, Breakthrough as well, right? Like, as in, yeah. So. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think you guys ever met though if, uh, if I'm here if no, I remember yeah, correctly I, from what you're I telling
0: used, me I used to see you a lot on like the zoom um things and like you know you were sort of in the the high polyp burger of the party that I never really got into but <laughs> there you go
1: yeah it always had that sort of hierarchical structure and I think like judging from what you were telling me about your experiences with Oscar there was always sort of like I don't know if it's it would be right to call it like a elite or untouchable sort of agenda that like some of the more higher up members had that like sort of works ex- exclusionary of like, say what the, the younger members wanted and what yourself wanted as well in the party, right? Those are that sort of divide if I remember correctly from our discussion.
2: Yes. Yeah. So like in, in the actual party, there was the, what they called the steering group, which was a group of people that came together and created the party. Um, and it was pretty much kind of like how it felt was if the steering group agreed with what you were saying, then it would go ahead. But if, you, if they didn't, then it kind of wouldn't. So it was like a constant kind of battle of like trying to, I guess, appease the people in that position. Um, and when I got elected or when the deputy leader p- previous to myself um, stepped back. Um, I guess I was kind of like a wild card. Um, I kind of just came up from from nowhere. <laughs> and, um, you were the I of just, breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of shook it up a little bit. So yeah. I allowed other people to kind of come in and hear their voice and that was my main goal um, within the party. So yeah, there was definitely like a of um of people and uh, i tried not to to join that hierarchy because it's kind of shit for anyone who who's kind of below it or can see it but can't get into it it's like a kind of a gatekeeping thing um yeah.
1: join into that exclusionary culture i suppose like i can understand that completely but um, how is it how exactly did you get to the point of deputy leader? So I guess like we can start with like how you actually got into breakthrough, what you were doing beforehand into politics and stuff like that. Like your first forays into politics, I guess.
2: Yeah, so um, I've actually never joined a political party before breakthrough, Um when i was younger i kind of was brought up on like civil rights movements, so uh stephen bico south africa Pathheid, um nelson mandela you know uh fred hampton um black panthers so i was brought up on all of these kind of uh people and their kind of visionaries and their kind of morality and that's something that was always constantly there for me um now I did vote for Corbyn um on both both elections, twenty seventeen and two thousand and nineteen. Good on uh, him. <laughs> I, it's uh, I think it was more of like this is the vision. Um Corbyn as a human being is a is a very good human being. And um the policies that he was presenting to the UK at that time was Exactly what we needed, exactly what we should have had, um, so yeah, definitely kind of um voted for him, and then I went through a really bad patch last year, and um I kind of just saw breakthrough status uh, or tweet, should I say, which was basically fans lives um are human rights or fans rights are human rights, or something like this, and I was like right that's the party that I'm going to join then. Um, so I just joined it, and then um, I guess the story of me coming deputy leader was basically I joined the NC, I just went for it because it just sounded cool. Joined the NC, and then I became the merchandise officer. And pretty, pretty much, kind of just no one else wanted to do it, and I was like, I know what I'm going to do with that, so I'll just do it. Um, and then the deputy leader before myself. Due to their own personal uh, private situation, um, they basically asked uh, for some time away and they stepped back. And this was in March, uh, before even the deputy leader elections went ahead. Um, So from March until May, I basically was de facto deputy leader, but without the actual official title. Um. Mm -hmm. And then in May we did the interim elections, and it was between myself and someone else, and, and it was a really close election. And yeah, I got it from there. Um, so that's pretty much kind of like how it all came about. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So it was it was kind of just like I just took a role on in March when when no one else would, um, and then got the official. Role well, official interim role, shall I say, uh, in May.
0: Could I quickly
1: just ask, uh, because I just for people who don't know, such as myself, what does NC exactly stand for? Like, as in,
2: because... it's a national committee.
1: Ah, I see. So is this sort of like a decision-making body, or is it like yeah. a members' body, or?
2: It's a decision-making body. Um, votes on like anything nationally and party-wise. So, it'll, like, we voted on the pow situation we voted on the tusk um situation and mm. um, lots of different kind of party matters internal party matters we voted on all of that as well mm. um, and we represented different regions within the uk so you would represent your party members or you're supposed to represent your party ma- members within those different regions as well
1: yeah I see so it's sort of like regional representation so like there was sort of culture well I guess it 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 depends like how, uh, how much of a commitment there was, but there was some, some sort of party democracy going on. Like uh, in terms of like, you you mentioned the steering group earlier, were they like sort of uh, in, in time did the NC did have, did they have any like influence in determining like who was part of the steering group, that kind of thing? Um,
2: so the steering group was before my time, and it was basically just the the group that set up the party. Once the national committee or the NC was elected, that was the official decision maker body of ah, the party. I see, I see.
1: So the steering group is sort of like steering group, rather is like um, it, it's an unofficial grouping, like an unofficial like these official yeah. elite. It's
0: not actually like a you know proper like codified position yeah yeah i see i see okay that makes sense did their like influence like carry on even after the nc like elections happened or was this like a one-time
2: thing yeah i i would i would say so like there was there's different members um of the steering group that kind of had part in the nc that were elected um everything was kind of Every every kind of decision would be like, well, within the steering group, we did this, blah, blah, blah. And, and that would kind of go forwards. But they, they didn't have any kind of like direct influence, I guess. Um, it was just more of like when you became higher up in the party, you just knew that. The steering group did this, the steering group did that, the steering group
1: is almost watching, always needing approval or some shit like
2: that. Yeah, so yeah, it was kind of like there's the NC, then there's like the party leader and deputy leader, but then it's also like, Well, did you know what the steering group did? And it's just kind of like, All right, okay, cool, whatever. (laughs) We moved on from that now.
1: Yeah. Some sort of like unofficial group in the yeah. Sounds fucking murky as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so. Do you think there was like a yeah. bit of a
0: deficit of like party democracy? If you can be deputy leader, I mean, I'm not saying this is your fault, but if you can be deputy leader for like maybe like a couple of months or something without being elected like that, or if mm-hmm. like say the whatever influence these people do have, like is that like are we seeing like? A I deficit? guess. Um...
2: Yeah, I guess there is a little bit of a deficit. And I think the reason is, is this is a party that um, I guess in the nicest way possible is totally online. So there's not like a lot of um, on the ground people, should I say. Yeah. And a lot of engagement was about 10% of the party at any given time. So they're, they're probably at like like they're probably at like a thousand paid members right now maybe a little bit more mm. so it's about a hundred people that are probably fully fully active within the party back in march that was like way less we were at like probably about 500 ish in march and so there's about 50 people that were really fully active there was not a lot of people doing a lot of roles So a lot of people had to do multiple roles and it kind of just fell into the, like, I kind of just fell into that position. We created um, what we called an operations team, which is basically the treasurer, the leader and then meant to be the deputy leader and then two other people as well. And they were going to be part they were going to basically anything internally within the party that was going on, which the NC didn't have to deal with, the operations team would then deal with their unelected roles. It was just a position you're you're pointed basically to the to this team. Um I kind of just fell into the deputy leader role from that because I was doing everything. <laughs> so yeah, um cool. it just kind of felt like well, I am pretty much doing this job anyway, but I haven't been elected. And then in May, we made a conscious decision um, to hold the elections in May. So it would be six months until the next election, like the official one. So that was a conscious decision that we made. Um But yeah, it was just kind of like, I just fell into the position. It wasn't kind of like just gifted over to me or anything like that. It was just no one was there to pick up the stuff that I was doing. So I just ended up being in that role.
1: So you just stepped up and it was for lack of like anyone else taking on those responsibilities and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. It sounds like,
1: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and this is no like... Uh, criticism you as opposed to like the wider wider structure of the party and stuff like that like it sounds very symptomatic of a lot of these you, you see like a lot of new sort of moderately left wing or like broadly left wing movements that like you know they spring up and they just they get fucked absolutely fucked by a somewhat of a lack of like practical action or direction in a sense it's almost like you know there's just these uh, the, the dealing with the issues of the day as opposed to you know Dogmatically, sort of going for uh, uh, you know, sort of a a end goal other than you know just general growth and stuff like that. You see this with like uh, you know, you see all these pop up like protests for like or vigils for Palestine and stuff like that, and and you find all these like. Uh, for example socialist appeal and other groups like showing up but all they're doing there is like selling newspapers and stuff like that it's just like you know what are you actually achieving and stuff like that i mean correct me if i'm wrong because i I, again i don't know how breakthrough really worked i just know from the outside they had a lot of good things to say kind of like broadly you know broad broad uh logical um democratic socialist points i would say or you know just the, the points that you know as liam had yeah. termed it earlier like uh 2017 tribute band sort of points that like you know yeah. <laughs> the sort of stuff that you know Easters would be leaving and you know for for good reason these you know i'm not I'm not saying that any of these reforms would be like sort of bad but it's just like in terms of like the actual actions of the party and you know the cadre within the party members of the party like what sort of uh what what what, would, what was the party sort of doing? Like other than maybe contesting in some elections? I mean, I'm not sure if they contested in any of the local elections. I think was it uh, last year? Yeah, they did. Mm. Ah, okay.
2: Yeah, so um, there was two two people that went in the locals. Um, funnily enough, one of them was the the landlord that you've probably seen on Twitter with all of yeah, with all of bloody, the, um... all of the people that left. Um, <clears throat> she was one of them. Um, and then the other one was uh, a guy called Ewan, who is now representing Wales um, in the National Committee. He's a decent guy, uh, so I have no problem with Ewan at all. Um, and he did really well as well. He's only 18 and, you know, he did, I think it was 9% of the vote. So, you know, he did he did pretty phenomenal for his first several lo- locals. But I, I guess, like, the direction of the party... Um, is meant to come from the from the leader, <laughs> um, and I have a lot of things to say on the side of things. But um, of a lot not. of people <laughs> told, told me um, when I left that pretty much I was the person that was leading the party, and the the leader um, was kind of just like this spokesperson that went round and did external stuff. Um, now I I know how much. Work the leader has done within the party, and I know like his to do lists and all those kind of stuff because he we spoke pretty much all the time. Yeah, but um, because I was dealing with all of the internal parts of the party, um, and all of the problems like um, that was happening, which there were many problems that were <laughs> happening. I can imagine. Over like social media and, you know, different different members kind of um, coming to me and being like, look, this is happening or we're having a problem with this or what about this kind of situation. I was the one who was dealing with all of that. And um, I guess people, when I left, people kind of just being like, well, there isn't much direction going on. Like we there's not much like they don't do the spaces anymore because I was the one who was doing all of the spaces so that's not going on anymore. I know that the education part of the party has gone, um, because the person that was leading it has gone. So unless they're doing it with someone else, and you know, fair enough, whatever. But that person that was doing it was amazing. Um, I know that the youth win, um, which is all of the people that. Uh, left in solidarity with myself as well
0: Mm -hmm.
2: um i know that they have potentially got someone who's doing that but the main people that were doing it have all left so you know that's gone as well so a lot of stuff that i put a lot of work into um with a lot of different people and a lot of different and talking to a lot of different people has kind of gone um within the party itself so i just I don't I don't think it's got a direction right now like they've just done this whole weekend of action and I can literally say it was about 25 people that were like yeah, across geez. the country that were doing that you could literally count them in every single p- picture um some regions didn't even have any people um and it's like this big call to weekend of action of like bringing people into the party and stuff like that. But they can't even muster up anybody to actually go for certain regions to actually participate in it or to do it. So it's just it's a bit of a shit show, really. When when you look at it from when, the you know, the comrades that left with me and myself and you look at it from that position where it was going to now, it's a completely different party, like, completely different. Um, and yeah. so, yeah.
1: You see, like, all these different political movements, like, <laughs> all of these political activists within these small, politi- like, no-name political movements, and their nans basically doing these, like, weeks of action or, you know, days of action, like, basically trying to drum up more <laughs> magazine sales or more clout, like, that they really don't deserve. They're just basically getting it off the backs of, like, the striking workers here or there, you know. It's really, it is really like a significant problem that's just basically doing a disservice to like genuine people on the left who want to be, you know, fighting for good, for to be mobilizing, to be organizing, to be making, creating genuine change. And it's just like, it just seems like Breakthrough is one of these ones, like, like, as in, you know, especially since you're got, like, uh, not again, nothing against you as an individual. It just seems like, you know, the structure that you're working within has just like, it was just really suffocating and just like not genuinely, you know, committed to it. I mean, left and stuff like that in terms of like there was the whole thing about the non-committance to it was that uh it was like the democratic socialism deal kind of um if i I remember you yeah
2: yeah yeah no so reason why i left number one was because someone tried to coop me um there just tried to coop basically um that he basically said to someone that the only reason why he came back into the party was to unseat me as my deputy as deputy leader. He didn't want the role. Uh, he just wanted to unseat me because apparently I was a bully and a coward and some other shit as well. Um,
0: so that's the CEO, CEO guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We call him Goblin. So, you know, if you listens to this, that there's your nickname. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, deserves, so... I imagine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so the thing is is, I told Alex the leader about this guy nineteen times over the course of two weeks, and I literally said on one of the messages he is go- he's gunning for leadership, and I think it's me and then, two days later, I received a screenshot where he literally said that the only reason why he came back into the party full time was to unseat me. I sent this to Alex, the leader, and he said he will have a chat with him. Mm -hmm. And then we had a internal mediation meeting. Um, myself, Alex, uh, the safeguarding lead and this guy and um he had like this whole written court document basically, like when you go to court and you Mm -hmm. give the evidence, he basically read this whole thing out. I hadn't received this letter, so I didn't really know. I didn't really have like the opportunity to defend myself properly. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he said that he's got an attorney, um, legal representative, within the actual meeting itself. So I pretty much said, "I am stopping. I've stopped this meeting. I'm going to leave now. This has now become a litigation meeting, not a mediation meeting, because he's got an attorney." um and i'll be leaving as i've not had uh, the opportunity to have a look at the statement that he's provided and i did not get told um about the attorney being present so then i just left the meeting
1: that is actually crazy Um, what is the need that that is them like you know escalating it from for literally no reason like they had you know personal issues this was a personal complaint and like you know what sort of need is there to like legally escalate it other than like I it's that's crazy to me.
2: Yeah. So um after I left the meeting I basically told the person, the safeguarding officer, um, who was there, who was doing the minutes for the meeting or like the writing for the meeting, to count everything I said as hearsay, because if it went to court or um any kind of legal professional um because I didn't have access to any of the documents prior, and I didn't know about the actual attorney being present, Um, I wanted it to be counted as hearsay, which basically means that it can't be used uh, within court or anything like that. Um, So they wrote that up, and um, I messaged Alex, and I was like, that was a fucking shit show, basically. Mm. Um, And they said, like, the position of, like, it being a... It's like really serious because they brought an attorney, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I'll speak to him. I'll speak to him." I didn't hear anything back from Alex for about an hour. Um, now I had already written up my resignation at this point because I knew how serious it was, and I just didn't want to because I had, I didn't really have any support from anybody drawing it. Like Alex was like, "I'll oh, talk to him." But It wasn't like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" or anything like that. So it was just like that was kind of annoying and all shit and then he was like oh, i'll talk to him um so i sent him my resignation letter pretty much 20 minutes after the meeting and then an hour later i got a message from alex the leader and he was like sorry i was at a five-a-side game of football um just seen your just seen your letter uh we'll talk tomorrow
1: delaying it even after seeing that like just unserious candidate right here like it's just literally no care given to it at all like so it, it almost seems like you know after everything that you gave to that party and then they you know they they have the the, the fucking nerve to just be like oh yeah i'll talk to you tomorrow we'll, we'll talk it out don't worry about it as if you're as it as if you're like treating you like you're a nuisance like i'm really sorry you had to go through that i don't, I don't know if i've told you before but like i genuinely don't know like, what I would have done in your situation. So gen- genuine sympathy, like, genuine sympathies to you, because fucking hell, man. Like...
2: <laughs> yeah, so that was the reason why I left. Um, and then I pretty much told, well, the the comrades that left with me um, a little bit after that, noticed my Twitter, because I removed everything from Breakthrough off there. Mm. And they were like, what's happened? So I told them. And that's when they basically decided to <laughs> essentially go on strike within the party, um, and they basically said that they're not going to do any work for the, anything within the party um, or any work whatsoever. And um, we made a list of demands. Well, they made a list of demands that they wanted. Um, we had one meeting with the governing the governance lead, Alex um as well and I was part of the meeting I couldn't talk in a meeting though because um I wasn't officially a party member um but I was able to join as like um I guess an observer to the actual meeting itself Mm. and uh yeah they basically were like there was a whole list of demands and um then I wrote my demands, uh, which is basically I wanted to um, be more in, involved and have more power within the internals of the party so I could do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you just asking for the capacity to do your job properly. Yeah. So you, know, as a, like, you know, trying to bring the community off the party. Yeah.
2: yeah, pretty much. And um, this there was also an issue of basically um I wanted to get paid (laughs) because I was I was working uh 80 to 100 hour weeks basically I was doing my full-time job and uni and party stuff um so it was coming up to like 100 hours a week that I was doing Mm -hmm. so I basically asked I basically was just gonna say like could I get twenty hours which is part time which they can afford to do because I knew the finances of the party being deputy leader. Um twenty hours a week, I would reduce my full time hours, um at my current job to twenty as well. So I would be doing like two jobs basically. But it means that I would have more time to dedicate to the party. And it wasn't like a massively serious request because I am i was kind of like in the back of my mind, I was like, they're probably going to say no or they're going to say like, we'll review it when we look at um, the leader's role because he's being paid uh, full-time hours at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just straight up said no <laughs> um, gotcha. to that. And uh, everyone within um, the party when I left and he, because he basically copied and pasted the email that he sent me uh, privately, he copied and pasted it and put it into the Discord chat so every single member of the party could see exactly what I'd wrote. Um, everyone, everyone saw the £16 per hour paid 20 hours a week then and I just got attacked for about a month for it. That's <laughs> um, absolutely
1: just negligent. And just
2: that is, that is horrible, that is like you'd
1: expect so much better like this this is sort of like you know it, it's almost engage, like the fact that it's happening on discord as well like it's it, it's almost like it's engaging in some like online drama but like this is actually like affecting your life like i can not uh, like yeah. in, not not in a way where i'm like minute like, like minimizing like what you through but as in like it's just like the way that they're treating it as it is, a, is as if it's some drama when this is actually like you putting like blood, sweat, and tears into a movement, and they've just completely disregarded that. Like uh, again, yeah, complete sympathies. Like I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's.
2: um I mean, I mean the thing is, is like every the comrades I left um, with me uh, have been the biggest support system ever, and I've been asked quite a few times, like during all of this, is why haven't I? Gone back because they offered me the deputy leader position back if I went back, mm. and I basically said I cannot betray my comrades who left, um, of mm. uh, at least a couple of that treated horribly and horrendously by a lot of different members of the party, mm. and I and I just cannot betray their trust and their confidence in me um, and our decision to kind of collectively leave party because it was although i left individually and they left collectively as a group um we all talked about it a lot and um, so it felt like it was a kind of a collective we are going to do this kind of we're making this decision yeah. and i think like the worst thing about it is i'm just going to say goblin because I can't be bothered to say his name. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my time. But yeah, the, the whole reason why all of this actually started is because um, of a situation which he wasn't even part of. And it was me removing a member of the party, someone who joined the party, um, for just trigger warning during this, but uh, someone who uh, was sexually harassing someone. He was also a member of the party. Now, I didn't do the complaint route because that would take up to 28 days. Um, I literally used the party's constitution (laughs) to remove this person. Um, Mm -hmm. And I saw like 30-odd screenshots of all of the shit that they have been saying. Uh, Went through the governance lead and the safeguarding lead, and we removed him. So the
1: damage control, like, as in, it needs to be done now. Yeah,
2: yeah, like, it it, it wasn't a situation where we could just wait around, and, you know, I've been through shit, so I was like, I, I'm not gonna let this person who's just joined the party go through shit with someone who's doing that to them. Um, Now, this was about a few days later, Goblin decided to antagonise the person who had left. Um basically messaging them privately and being like, you're a fucking shoot show and all this kind of stuff and putting screenshots into a chat. Um, and he then went, um, because loads of people unfollowed this person, he was like, Oscar, why haven't you done this? And I was like, well, I'm deputy leader and this person has got 14 days um, in which they can appeal this decision. So I need to make sure that I'm safeguarding the the party. And... Uh, the person as well so I need to continue to follow this person to make sure that they don't say anything else as deputy leader you have to safeguard the party or as leader you have to safeguard the party so I basically explained this and they basically had a go at me in the chat again so at this point I was just mentally done like I'd seen 30 odd 30 plus screenshots of this person I had used the constitution to remove him. Um, I'd done everything that I humanly possibly could do. And I was mentally drained and I hated everything at this point in time. So I basically wrote CBA in the chat. And that's what started everything, basically. Just me writing CBA in the chat. Oh. So the reason why, it, like everything that I've already said, but also this this whole situation of, Goblin being like annoyed that I said CBA, which wasn't even really directed at him, but you know it it's kind just of
1: the general. Exp- it can be taken as a general expression, like and if 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 this goblin, as <laughs> you call them, like is truly of a comradely like quality and like sort of like you know that solidarity that anyone should have in sort of this movement that a uh, leftist movement that you should be working with each other in, like you know. Did you, they'd at least give you the benefit of the doubt and stuff like that, but they just refuse to. Throughout, it it seems like it just seems like there's almost this um, this chauvinism, this need to like prove yourself as, a oh, yeah, I work better than you. I'm better than you. This and that." Like it's you're not built for a movement like this if that's all you care about, your ego. Like, just making these comments, it really pisses me off to hear on on your behalf. Like, yeah, it's like fucking disgusting behavior. But and I'm sorry that you had to go through it once more. Enough. I, I know I've said that countless times, but it's like this is just. And 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 this is the crux of like you know what shoots so many movements in the foot, especially in like you know our Western countries. It's just like these this individual, individualistic like need for satisfaction at the expense of someone else. The individual need for like oh I'm going to do it better than you. I've got uh, I'm I was personally hurt by this. I was this or that. Rather than a want to actually work together to solve a problem that they see. It's just I'm seeing these themes reoccurring and like in, in this story, it's clearly like illustrated. Many other cases I've seen in other parties, other groups, um, but we can get onto that later. Sorry for interrupting with my little tirade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no problem at all. No. Um yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's been no. a shit couple of months <laughs> to no. say the least. Yeah, um weirdly. But I know that a lot of us within the group feel ten million times better to to not be in there, especially mm-hmm. seeing what it's become now. Um, yeah. With uh, racists and transphobes, and them um, screaming about social democracy, and the DL. twenty-five people that turned up to the weekend, and the thirty odd people that turned up to the conference—you know—it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's
1: the, the same old problems with all these movements. I mean, there's that, There's everyone. Everyone basically knows that Monty Python's sketch about, like, all the different Palestinian liberation movements. But it genuinely is that now, like, there's so many leftist movements who want to claim the mantle of being, like, the new successors to the Corbyn Project, you know, the ones only, tr- the ones carrying out his legacy, the legacy of that grassroots, you know, fervor. But it's just this so... they they, they do those, like, they just... they can't help but just be obnoxious and just fuck you fuck up at, like, upholding that legacy because it's just, like, you know, they don't have it, they don't have the organisational capacity. Or you have these vitriolic members who just constantly like just undermine any sort of like credibility that these groups have and stuff like that. And I feel like that's certainly what happened in Breakthrough.
2: I mean, I think yeah. the the biggest downfall for a lot of these groups is the fact that it's uh, white cis people that lead it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the big, that's the biggest problem for me. Um, and that's why Breakthrough is, is never going to get anywhere now because mm-hmm. Right now, there is a cis white man as a leader, a cis white man as a deputy leader. The NC has got, well, there's 12 cis white men who are within the NC in leadership right now. Uh, There's one woman. um, There's one Asian person. And that's it. Wow, that's actually insane. Uh, I didn't realise it was that bad. Yeah. yeah, so when I purposed status, which angered a lot of people, saying that when I was deputy leader, there was, um, there was black fans, uh, disabled, um, Asian women. Like, it, the diversity of the party within the leadership aspect of things, which all happened naturally. Uh, it wasn't kind of like we handpicked people or anything like that. But the diversity of the party when I was there when I was part of it, when I was in a leadership team, was immense compared to where it is now. And that's the reason why it won't get anywhere. And I just, like, one of the people in the NC is a racist, and I put a complaint in and I've not heard from them. The, the only woman in the NC uh, is a transphobe. Her son is a transphobe. Complaints have gone in about them, but she's still an NC member so you know it, it, there's a ceo and a landlord <laughs> who's he's um, like,
1: it almost sounds it, it would be funny if it wasn't so sad you know what i mean it actually sounds like a sketch or something like
2: it's it's a fucking joke is what it is simply <sighs> ridiculous. yeah so, yeah so i i just you know i don't want sorry for interrupting i just yeah. i just like i just don't see it going anywhere now because you know they've shot themselves in the foot by removing these amazing people who were in the leadership team and the NC who had such a good voice to give to people uh, and such a good understanding. That's all gone now. Like there's going to be no one within that team who can say like what the black vo- black voters want. That's gone now. Like they're never going to get the black voice. Um, and you know, they, or, you know, disabled comrades. Like, there are disabled comrades within Breakthrough, but they're not in the leadership team, so no one's going to know what they want. Like, so I think it's it's this case of they just, you know, they've done the, they've do, they started off really well, and um, since everything has happened, it's just they've stuck themselves in the foot consistently.
1: Because the way that breakthrough, the way that I always gathered breakthrough trying to sort of like model themselves and not model themselves like portray themselves as, is is like a a youth led, like sort of rainbow coalition, sort of like really, really diverse movement taken from all uh all swathes of society. But constantly, time and time again, what you see in the British left is just a constant like pervasive chauvinism from white individuals, from like you know, uh, cishet individuals, just that there's a prevailing sort of like. They they always fill up the leadership spots, and you always hear voices getting light, like, just overheard. There's always, at least from my experience in uh, the Workers Party as well. I mean, it's a there <laughs> it's more our now because of just like their sort of <laughs> their denial of what they call idpol, what, whereas I, identity politics. Whereas I see that as like valid concerns from you know communities that are disproportionately affected by things such as the cost of living crisis and you know poverty that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, no, that's absolutely. I think this is something that consistently, like how I said it on one of the spaces was the far right or the right movement is always going to be united because they unite around hate. That's what they've got. And, and they're always going to have that. So it doesn't matter how many movements on the right you have. They're always gonna be there. Like they're always gonna be able to cling on to that one thing, which is hate. Now the left has got this magical fantasy world going on in its head where it as you have said, it needs to one up each other every single time. So you've got the don't pay movement, which only was until October. Now that's gone. But they're moving they're they're putting all of their activism into enough is enough. But enough is now gone. Like you anything from them now there isn't any there isn't any kind of drive or movement because the people who are leading it are old middle-aged cis white men like this is the problem like i think you know as as white people like i think it's we need to we have the power to organize and to bring a lot of collective people together but when we actually who who leads that movement and gives power and that voice to that movement that it has to be the marginalized community. That's that's where it comes from. So, and so. unless the left can do that in a progressive way, that it, that isn't like we need to one-up each other or we need to become the new Corbyn movement or we need to now make this one person, the magical fairy, who's going to do everything for us, like Mick Lynch and, you know, the other union yeah. leaders. Like, unless the left can get past that, like it's not going to go anywhere and it sounds it sounds very depressing to say that because there are a lot of amazing communist movements at the moment are uh, doing a lot of different things and there's also like palestine action and there's you know ju- just stop oil and all of these amazing kind of like protests and uh, direct action processes that's going on but unless these are brought together as one collective movement to go against the far right and the establishment, and unless we move past the middle-aged white cis man, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, and um, it's sad to say, but, you know, it is the truth. And you, you've you seen it with Enough is Enough. Um, you see it with all of these kind of... You okay. know the ones Nip, that I was
1: mentioning
2: like, earlier, yeah. Yeah, you see it with Breakthrough, you see it with NIP, you see it with these other movements as well. Like they just die out very quickly. Like they'll just they'll be there in the background. I have no doubt that Breakthrough is gonna probably gain more followers and more people and more pained people, but it's never gonna make a direct impact on UK politics yeah.
1: right yeah. now it's basically just going to appeal to the people that they've always appealed to. You know, there's always going to be sort of like, you know, students sort of democratic socialists and other other types that like are broadly interested in having some sort of allegiance, but not really like committed. There needs to be more, I, I, would, I would agree that like, you know, the sort of analysis of it being like terminally online, because that is genuinely a lot of the case. And I understand like, you know, it is a bit difficult to go out there, for, certain, especially with like such a, you know, uh, a country that's seen such like ruptures to the social fabric, you know, since Thatcher, it's been a constant trend, um, where you know communities sort of like just dying out and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, like it's on activists to sort of try and find ways to rebuild that, and activists to support each other, build support networks to do that. You know, reaching out to communities, canvassing that kind of thing. This sort of stuff does work. It's just like. You know, there needs to be direction. There needs to be a sense of solid... Like, there ne- that solidarity that people love to... That, you know, everyone loves to say this phrase. They need to, you know... action. Ac- actions speak louder than words, in this sense. And, you know, there needs to be more of that rather than just fucking pettiness. Like, the stuff that you've had to deal with, Oscar. I can't imagine, like, how just... Draining it can be and how, like... <laughs> how fucking, you know, dissociating it must be to see, like, all these people who claim to be committed and then just falling apart at the seams because of, you know... <laughs> three letters fucking C B A and they all just go off on this and that. Like <laughs> fucking hell.
0: Uh, I'm just serious. like did you join uh, like uh, any other like movements or anything after? I know like a lot of people are joining like Red Fight back right now. I don't know what what are you doing?
2: Are you... I no, I haven't um I think I, I mean this is like I'm not gonna lie, I've been up until uh, probably about a week ago. I, I had been constantly, still being attacked by people in breakthrough. And really? um, nice um, yeah. yeah. you, when exactly
1: you left as in uh, resigned as leader, that as in uh, deputy leader rather. Yeah.
2: So when I resigned, um, a lot of people were like, "Oh my god!" Like, and then I put my statement out, and then and put his statement out, and then pretty much after he put his statement out, I was getting attacked by different people. Um, people found out the terms and then a lot of people were like, I was after money and um, that's all I wanted. And that's the reason why I went as deputy leader. Um, then there was just loads of just other attacks. So like up until about a couple of weeks, a week ago still happened. So this is like the first time that I've had actual kind of space to think about where I want to go um, and what I want to do. Uh, there were like several projects that I had in my mind and um, I just haven't had like the capacity to really think about it and put a lot of effort into it just because of what's been happening basically. So I kind of just been um I guess in, in the background, <laughs> just watching everything. Um, just getting my mind back together and like the the fight that I had back um before I go into anything or, or join anything. So I haven't really done anything since Defending myself from fucking shitheads, really. fair them. enough. I
1: mean, that's commendable in in of in of itself, in terms of like you know, just trying to keep the good fight. And you know, yeah, fighting against shitheads because, like, bloody hell, I can't believe it. You know, I, I thought, I thought, like, yeah. you know, your resignation was quite some time back, and they're still fucking on it. Like, bloody hell, get get a life. You know, what I mean, these people.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, like I I did a a status, and this person just full on attacked me um i put a complaint in still haven't heard anything back um i'm just i'm still fighting them to be honest because you know uh the last complaint about uh goblin i put in uh i got basically just got told that uh they're not doing anything about it because breakthrough is fighting the establishment What <laughs> like, uh... establishment are
1: you <laughs> fighting like the people who thought, the the people who actually fought like were working for you and doing bits for you. You're
0: fighting that. That's who you're fighting, basically. I mean, famously, yeah. landlords do like to uh, fight against the establishment. I didn't know whether you knew that.
2: Uh, yeah, that's what that's what they always do. You know. Yeah. Oh, you know. Um, yeah. So I've been blocked by uh, probably about fifty people at this point, um, <laughs> just for existing. Just simply existing at this point and defending myself but no so it's kind of like i'm I'm following up on the well trying to follow up on the complaints no one's answering the fucking emails um because that's what i was doing but you know so yeah it's just kind of like it's still going on um and then once i've once i kind of get my head sorted and right and we see what's we see what's happening next, um, kind of going forward. So a lot of people have asked me if I wanted to create my own party, but um it takes a lot of time and there's too many parties out there. So, you know, it's it's now trying to I guess maybe potentially find a way that we can connect every everyone together. Um, maybe not as one political party but as one kind of movement of unity to help each other with protests and communications and you know creating like a in quotations here an underground kind of movement of um the left movement of just kind of a lot of different groups where like you could say oh we're doing a protest in london who's available and it's not just that group who's doing a protest, like it can be everyone that can join them in solidarity mm-hmm. it's a different groups. So, you know, there's there's things on my mind in terms of what I would want to do. I don't know if for another political party is for me. Um, but um I'm, I'm not out of the game, I'm just currently fighting an orange shithead group of people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the orange tide <laughs> with phones the their name yeah. on Twitter how yeah uh,
2: honestly.
1: yeah I mean it, it is tough but it's honestly the work that you did was commendable I feel like you know you you are sort of describing you know what breakthrough sort of tried to make them out to be but like they were never sort of committed to that I mean do you see do you see breakthrough going anywhere in the next five years like you know
2: I, th- I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna attract a lot of ex Corbin people and mm. yeah um, uh, which they've already been doing. Um, no communist is going to ever join. Um, so <laughs> they're are just going to be a lot of social democrats, democrats, socialists, um, ex Corbyn Corbynistas. Like
1: Honor I think that, sort of people. Basically.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to grow. Um, I'm not going to say like it's it's not going to grow. Like they're not going like unless they do really badly in the next locals that are coming up and they do a nip with their 84 votes, and then they just kind of fall into disarray. Um, <laughs> I don't think uh, that's going to happen. But, you know, I was saying this before. I was saying, you know, they've been around for nearly 24 months, over 24 months, maybe a little bit more around that time. Um, they have 40,000 followers on Twitter. Wow. And... um and then other followers on Facebook and Instagram and social media. So let's just call it round up to about 50,000 followers across all platforms. And mm. um, they have about probably about a thousand over just, just probably just over a thousand paying members in the party. If I could guess mm-hmm. 1,100, if I'm going to be really nice to them, <laughs> um, out of fifty thousand people that's following, you only have a a thousand paying members after two years. y you, you kind of have to think of how far can this party go? You know, a lot. There's a lot of support for them on on Twitter, but not a lot of those people are joining. So you you have to kind of be like, why is that the case? Like, why aren't people joining? And it can be a multiple multiple different reasons, obviously, but um. You know, I we th- there was someone in the party um that told us like a couple of months ago that over the last three months, uh well two to three months, hundred and forty people had left. Um yeah, of that's why Warren actually. But like Of the, Yeah, of those people that had left, uh twenty percent of that left at the same time as, as me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so like around the time that I left. So you know, there was You're a lot of
1: that fucking group, honestly, it seems
2: like. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it was just the fact that I, I don't want to give myself too much kind of like, yay, it's me. But I think it was more of the fact that I said that I am going to bring uh voices that hadn't been heard to the forefront of um British politics. Mm. And that's what my overall game and goal was whilst I was in it as absolutely different leader for as long as I could um yeah. you know we did a we did loads of spaces which you probably already know about I led them all and we talked about so many different things and I had so many people message me saying you're the reason why I joined or you were the reason why I was thinking of joining because of your spaces so um I just, in, in the future, I just think it's going to be a party that grows very slowly, but I don't think it's going to explode. Like, I don't think it's going to be the party that is going to be the party that saves people or gives people a reason to vote for, like, an MP. And if their first MP is a fucking landlord, I will I will actually cry with laughter. Um, it's
1: just sad at that point. It's just like a parody. Like, it just feels like a parody, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah but... I mean, there, there are good people in that party um, still, I think, maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I mean,
1: I think there's good good individuals in any parties. It's just, like, yeah. sort of the structures that they work in are either, like, you know, constraining at, at best or, like, actually actively, like, counterproductive at worst and people aren't necessarily aware of it, right?
2: Yeah. So. I just, um, I think it, it's this case of there is no directive party leadership like and the fact that they've got, they've got a new deputy leader um who is a scab, um, so shout out to him um uh but yeah, I just um they haven't announced it, I don't know if you noticed um they announced mine when I got it, and I was only interim. they haven't announced this person who's got it. Um, for whatever and, reason, and the reason is, is probably no one went for the role, and he did it reluctantly, and he just got it because no one else went for it. Mm. That's that's probably why. So um, there probably was no election. He just got it because no one else wanted it, <laughs> mm. um, because they saw how much work I did for it basically. So that's that's probably what's happened there. But I don't think it's going to go that far. I think it's just going to go probably, I'm not even, I'm not going to lie, probably 2,000 members and then it will drop off. Um There isn't any direction um as to where they're going or what they're doing. I mean, apart that much from- is
1: obvious, like, just from the fucking, what they put out there. I mean, there's very little practical sort of you know stuff to stuff that you could that is tangible tangible like successes or growth you know i mean for for what revisionism you can say that the cpb have or like the icl i remember like i think it was a few months back or a few weeks back where they like literally made a list of the shit that they've actually been doing in terms of working with unions working with like uh disadvantaged people like in their areas doing food drives that kind of thing for the homeless like you know you never like I, i haven't heard uh, no, again, no offense for it, your tenureship as deputy leader, but throughout like the history of breakthrough, I never heard of them doing like anything practical other than like a few runs for like local elections and stuff like that. Like there was very little, you know, actually going out into the communities and stuff like that, which I feel like is so key, so key to like leftist movements. I mean, that's what we saw Corbyn succeed with, right? Like throughout the whole that whole saga, I suppose. And it's just like, yeah, I I can completely understand. I I would uh, actually agree with your assessment. Just from what little I know, it makes sense to in my head that like all we're going to see is like maybe incremental growth, which is just like people just being broadly interested in politics and stuff like that, and then eventually just fizzle out to the like the annals of history, basically. But uh, as sort yeah. of like a final thing to wrap it up, like I was I was just thinking about this as well. It might be interesting for people to hear about, like you know, what would you say are, like the red flags when it comes to sort of like organizations such as breakthrough in terms of like what what should organizers or potential like activists and people who are interested in get involved in such movements what should they be aware of in terms of like you know you did obviously mention about you know uh having these cis white men sort of domining like the, the dominating the proceed the procedures of the party, that kind of thing. It's like because there's there's so there's so many groups out there that, you know, fall prey to the same problems and you know they're very symptomatic in terms of like, you know, they don't do much tum- whether they're terminally online or just have these very self-important sort of like the self-important culture of like, oh, yeah, we're better than the rest. We do the rest. The, the, this group is revisionist. This group is like that or that. What sort of like what are the te- what, what are the key tells that you could take away or that you would advise like listeners about, you know, these sort of groups, Um, I guess?
2: yeah i i guess like the re- the red flags maybe if you are if you are an activist or you're going into activism or anything like that is uh, first of all look at leadership um and i would if it is a party that's online like twitter or anything like that um just i guess look at their tweets <laughs> because i i think over the last 2 weeks i saw about 20 million tweets of like uh, we will introduce sixteen pound an hour. That's it. That's the tweet. Or do you want a general strike? And then it's yes, yes, yes. Then like just there's nothing about like we are in this location. We are doing this. One of the members is doing this. Like l- just look at the profile and the tweets of them. The most crazy um, shit,
1: right? Like as in yeah, like, like, everyone's yeah. gonna love this. Like oh, it's great.
2: Let's like just out there. Yeah. So. I think it's. It, I think the most important thing is is doing your research around it. Um if you see a lot of people have left the party who are communists, then it's probably not going to be a good party to join.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, no, fair um, enough.
2: <laughs> um, and also just kind of um, talk to a lot of different people about it as well. Um, with breakthrough. Uh, the leader is not on twitter a lot at all and neither is the deputy leader now they don't they're not active on their on social media so it begs it begs the question of like if they're such a terminally online party like where is the leadership as well um i just think there's there's red flags that you can pick out with any kind of organization but it's more of is this party going to suit what I want to do with activism, or is this party going to use my activism for their political gain? And if it's going to be the using the using the activism for political gain, then it's probably not going to be the one, um, the one for you at all. Um, I've had many conversations with many people in in Breakthrough, and. Um, even three-hour conversations with people in Breakthrough when I was recruiting for Breakthrough as well. And they're still in the party. Um, But I think it's just a case of you just need to look at the leadership first and then just kind of look at the surrounding social media as well and just see why it's not in a way not everything is as it seems on social media so just kind of just do your research before you join anything um and speak to people as well because there'll be loads of people that are willing to speak to you about different parties and what's going on in them as well
1: basically do your research do in depth before you yes. commit and stuff like that because yeah time and time again i've seen so many comrades like their efforts end up wasted and certainly sounds, sounds like a case of you know you really tried to build something which is commendable completely commendable as i've said um but yeah seems like for now hope does not have a new home Uh, (laughs) yeah only time will tell with other organizations and stuff like that because there is certainly like a lot of hope like just to you know there's there is a lot of hope going around in terms of like you know we we are seeing industrial action at the very least and there are these pop-up groups that you know it's yet to be seen if like just stop oil are going to be a force to contend with obviously there's been all these different pop-up groups in the past that we've already mentioned by name that sort of fizzled out and stuff like that but you know things can't things can't keep on i mean not to sound accelerationist, I suppose, but like things, things have not been okay for a while, and like it, it is only, it's only a matter of time, right? Like before the, things get to shit to a to a point where like it's just unbearable for so many, so, so many other swathes of the general public, or you know, other sec- sections of society that have you know been quiet or otherwise like passive about sort of like what's been going on. It's it's only going to be you know so much before society just fucking snaps, right? Like so and certainly we're seeing signs in terms of like industrial action as i've mentioned and yeah i think it's definitely definitely like a good thing that like there are individuals such as yourself out there trying to you know make it work and stuff like that even if the even if the organizations in the circle thing like that, it's still worth trying to get out there and stuff like that like i think like even though hope doesn't happen at home not all hope is lost, there's certainly like going to be stuff in the future um, Yeah,
2: just the... go to the orangey red party thing They're um, cowards,
1: they should have gone red all the way but they were cowards <laughs> through and through, weren't they?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah well, you know, one of the leadership team said, they oh, do want to die in the barricades of a, a revolution so I think that says everything that uh, we need to say but, yeah. <laughs> <you know?
1: laughs> so... Uncommitted, uncommitted fucking yes
2: but, yeah, <laughs> I guess we've
1: been new. I guess we've been new, but I think uh, honestly, it was really great talking to you, Oscar and hearing your perspective. Because honestly, I feel like this is a really important story to tell. I feel like you know, it's a, it's a very much a what a foreboding tale about getting involved with such an organisation, and it's really good that you've shared also the signs of like what we can see from these people, what they're like, and also like what what sort of red flags there are as well, because like you know, it's very very all too often uh, principled young comrades such as ourselves can fall into these sort of organizations and, you know, get our sort of good faith efforts, like just taken advantage of basically and thrown back in our face uh, by so-called comrades. So honestly, it was very, it was very good to have you uh, talk on our podcast um, for this episode. Yeah,
2: no problem problem at all. Um, Invite me back anytime.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. If the (laughs) future permits then, yeah. But um, in which case I think that's pretty much all we had to talk about. I mean... Listeners, join us for next time as we'll be talking about the Ukraine crisis and how we can look at that from a left- leftist uh, perspective. But yeah, beyond that, I think that's all. Um,
0: yeah. Thank you for Catch talking. you guys next time. Thank you. <laughs>